Phil Pryor, you're getting married next week, is that right? Is Felicia here this morning? No, she's not. Phil, why don't you come down the front and we'll just pray for you. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Next Saturday, 1.30. I'm not yep. going to touch anything there at all. We're just going to leave it there. <laughs> Let's pray for Phil and Felicia as they uh, get married next Saturday here. You're all welcome too if you want to come and have a sticky bee. That would be good. Come and be part of that. Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you for marriage. And uh, we just thank you for what you've stirred up in Phil and Felicia. We just thank you for all uh, that's going to take place here in this church next Saturday. God, we just ask it would be a time of great celebration, a time where they uh, announce their love for one another, make commitments that are lifelong and express their total devotion to you as their Lord. God, would this be a great time of blessing, we pray. And as the days and weeks and years unfold, Oh, God, would you strengthen, fill and flee and would you just help them to continue to look to you as they continue to love one another. Bless them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All the best, mate. Good stuff. <laughs> I wonder if you could just imagine with me kind of a, a, a situation that could take place um, in, in many different kinds of ways. Travis was 15. He loved music. He loved CDs. He loved to tell people about who his favourite bands were. He bought his first record at nine years old and since then he just got hooked on music and he kept buying CD after CD. When he turned 16, he started working part-time and and doing... uh, this work while he was doing year 11 at school and he started saving his money from that first job and he bought a stereo system for his room Uh, and then he bought a television set with a remote control so he could watch it from his bed. He loved music so much that when he saved up enough money he got his own electric guitar and an amplifier to go with it. When he turned 18 Because of his work and his diligence in saving while he was studying, he bought his dream car. It was nothing too expensive, but to him it was beautiful. He washed it every week and without fail, he waxed it once a month. He likes going to church. He had some good friends there. He went on Sunday nights to the services as they... uh, He had lots of other friends... And he actually believed in Jesus. He really enjoyed the singing and he liked the service. He liked to read his Bible as well when he had the time to. But his interest in Jesus actually faded in the years that followed. By the time he was 20, he got his first job and He really enjoyed his first job. He worked in computers and helping people set up their computer systems and it was something that he just loved doing. He worked long hours. He got more money. He saved more money and bought, uh, when he was 25, 
his first house. He was thrilled. He stayed home with his parents, though, and got the rent from the people so he could keep saving. At work, his responsibility became greater and he got promotions and the money he was paid was even more. And he bought his second home at 29 years of age. At 32, he became part owner in the computer business that he'd uh, worked so long and hard in. Now he owned over 600 CDs and three electric guitars. And his sound system was the best you're likely ever to see. Travis had different girlfriends and friendships, but they all seemed to become too demanding and they wanted to spend more time with him, but he didn't have the time. After all, he owned part of the business now. He wanted to succeed even if it cost him his personal relationships. He had no time for people who needed him too much. And God, well, he'd become kind of a fading memory. Who needs God when you can work real hard and get all the things you want? out of life. He had it all. Three houses, money in the bank, a beautiful car, an important position at work. Then one night he left the office and on his way home while waiting at traffic lights, his car was struck by an out-of-control vehicle. He was killed instantly. At the funeral, they said he was a hard worker. People said, he was good at business. He was a great business person. People said, he he was good at handling his money. But do you know the tragedy? Others got his money. Not one dollar of the money that he had earned was he able to take with him after his death. Not one dollar. Not even a cent of it went with him. When I was about 15 years old, I was asked to go on a boat fishing with a friend of mine. And uh, I went with him and his dad. And I wasn't too experienced at fishing, although I was trying to pretend I was. And I didn't know about boats and about life jackets and all those things like that. But I was determined to learn. And my friend's dad uh, had put the boat into the water And he'd brought it around to the jetty and we were standing on the jetty and my friend jumped onto the boat and I passed the rest of the gear to him from the jetty and I looked around to see if I'd forgotten anything. And as I did, I put my foot onto the boat and this kind of thing started to happen. (laughs) The, The boat started to move away. And if you could read what was going on in my mind at this time. So I was thinking, is it the boat or is it the jetty? Boat, jetty, boat. Water. (laughs) I wish there was some middle ground, you know. But I went straight in and I went right under. Because a choice was to be made and I delayed, you know. Boat, jetty, boat. Gone. And in this passage today, Jesus, in the most uh, clearest way, says there's a choice to be made. And he says, don't delay. 
don't delay. Uh, it's a choice to be made between God or money. And you can't take one with you into eternity. What decision will you make? Look at the passage this morning. It starts off by saying that what we treasure is that, uh, that, that we're to treasure what is eternal. Look what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. You remember up to this point he's been talking about authentic spirituality. You know, he said, don't give so people can see you. Do it, you know, quietly. Don't pray on the streets publicly, but go to your room and God will see what happens in private. And when you fast, don't, you know, go and make a big show as everyone knows you're so spiritual because you're fasting. You know, but he says, no, just normally look joyfully. Don't let people know. Be authentic in your faith. Then in this section, instead of talking about the kind of internal things of spirituality, he starts talking about how we live in the world and how we handle the things of this world. And so he says here, Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store for your tre- yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not break in, do, do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, what are things that uh, moths destroy? Anyone want to have a guess? Clothes, yeah. You know, I used to hate mothballs. They are so smelly. And you go to a party and people go, oh, is that your aftershave? No, it's mum's mothballs, you know. (laughs) They smell so bad. But if without them, the moths eat our clothes, don't they? My mum and dad were here just a couple of weeks ago. They've been up for two two months in uh, Queensland and uh, they've been driving all around with their caravan. And what do you leave at home when you're going to Queensland? Y- your jumpers. And they had two of their nicest jumpers just sitting in the, in the cupboard. And when they got back, a moth had destroyed both of them. You know, just big holes. Eat, 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 eat. And Jesus is saying, don't store up treasures in the clothes that you wear. D- don't, don't treat the clothes that you wear like they're precious and like they'll last forever they're only temporary and eventually the moths they're going to get their way and eventually they'll get eaten up instead Jesus says store for yourselves treasures that will last forever so many people seek today to gain the best clothes the most clothes everything they wear has to be in um, why? Because they don't want to be laughed at or look like they don't fit in. Everything that the media says to us today seems to promote that, uh, you know, if you're attractive, if you're in, you wear nice clothes, you look good. And these things are the things that are so important. They make it seem that those who look beautiful, who dress right, who are in, are the ones that have actually figured out what life's all about and have nailed down what it means to be, to live. They try and make sure uh, that they have the latest runners, you know, the latest fashion accessories, read the latest magazines just to see who's wearing what and how and what's cool and what's in. 
So many people save up or just put it on credit so that they must at all costs look good. Why? Because it's become their treasure. Things that moths destroy have become their treasure. Do you know what I mean? I mean, how much time do you spend worrying about how you will look? How much time do you think about whether people will think you are cool or not because of how you dress and how you look? These words call us to make a choice about what's most important. And then Jesus says things that rust and things that uh, eat away. Um, these are tre- tre- temporary treasures, things that rust eats away. The word for rust in the Greek actually means to eat away. Like a car that's you know, eaten away by rust. The items that Jesus is talking about in this category are things that eventually get eaten away. They wear out, they break down, they become useless. I mean, mobile phones, they break, don't they? Or they even change the network on you, you know, <laughs> so you have to buy a new one. Things like uh, CD players are superseded by DVD players. Playstations and Nintendos are replaced by Xbox. And just when you get the latest plasma screen, a new, bigger one comes out. All things that we desire and we want so badly become old and become worn out and ready to replace. And Jesus says, don't spend your life Spend your energy, spend your time just trying to get the treasure that's only going to last temporarily, that you're not going to be able to take with you when you die, that you'll have to leave behind. Jesus says, look for treasure that is going to last for eternity. How bad do you desire things that are current? You know, the latest thing. Do you spend money that you don't have? trying to get the things that you don't have so that you will have the things that you think everybody has just so that you'll feel better? (coughs) Are you thinking in those moments when you're sitting and daydreaming or when you're waiting for the bus or the train or, or reflecting in a traffic light how you'll get the next thing, latest thing? Store up for yourselves things that will last. Jesus also says things that thieves steal away. And, you know, the top of the list of things that people steal are cars, computers, microwaves, videos, TVs, DVDs, uh, video cameras. They're all the top of the list of things that thieves just want to get their hands on today and steal and take from you. Our houses are full of these items, aren't they? things that we can take so much pride in and yet in the morning they can be gone. You know, a trip out of the home and they can disappear and you think, oh, no, what's happened? And Jesus is saying, don't spend every Saturday shopping for these items, treasuring them, hiding them in your heart and desiring more and more. If this is what you treasure, it can easily be stolen and taken from you. And then what will you do? It doesn't last. Instead, Jesus says, treasure that which lasts forever, even after your death. You know, in the end, there is 
nothing of material value that will last. Jesus says, don't set your hearts on temporary things. Like Travis, one day you will find that your life is over. And whatever happens, you will only benefit if you've placed your treasures, your heart, your desires on things that are eternal. So this is what Jesus urges us to do. He urges us not to focus on temporal things, but on eternal things. Instead of storing up treasures on earth, he says, store up treasures in heaven. Instead of storing up treasures where things can be destroyed and stolen and eaten away, go for things in eternal where they can never be taken from you, where they last forever, where there's no chance that anybody can get them from you. What are those treasures? Well, Jesus doesn't actually say it in the passage. Yet we can say with almost certainty that the treasures that Jesus talking, talks about is, is that to lay up treasures in heaven is to do anything on earth that lasts for eternity. To do anything on earth that lasts for eternity. Jesus is definitely uh, not teaching that we need to do good works here on earth so that we can go to heaven no way. You know, Jesus came and he died on the cross so that we can get what we didn't deserve, forgiveness, freedom, not because of what we've done that makes us right, but because he died in our place and all we need to do is receive that freely. We don't earn or work to receive that. No, no, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. That's grace and, that, and you can never earn that. But rather it seems that when Jesus is talking about treasures in heaven, he's talking about these kind of things. He's talking about the development of Christ-like character. You know, since all we can take to heaven is ourselves, he wants us to be Christ-like and like him. Things like the increase of faith, hope and love. And Paul says, out of, you know, these things remain Faith, hope and love, they're things that you can take with you into eternity. So if you spend time growing in this, increasing in this, then you're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. You know, growth in the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, a deepening of your relationship with him, the one who one day you will see face to face, spending any time deepening and strengthening that relationship is building up treasure in heaven. Yeah, introducing others to Christ so that they may actually receive eternal life. That's something that's going to treasure up treasures in heaven because you'll be with that person in heaven. I mean, you're taking with you a stash up to heaven of people who'll go with you because they'll benefit from what you've said. So any time you spend praying for someone, talking to them about Jesus, encouraging them to come to know him. You're storing up for yourself treasure in heaven. And any time you use money and you invest it into Christian causes that are going to help further the kingdom of God, that are going to help uh, do things that will have an internal reward, you're investing in eternal eternity. 
I don't know, some of you have been watching the stock market and it's been going down low and you're losing lots. I mean, investing into the causes of God, you don't get negative returns. You get eternal, stable, blue-chip investments with God. All of these are activities that you can do right now that have eternal consequences. Which are you doing more of? Storing up things that are temporal, that moths destroy, or putting more time into eternal things, eternal treasures. Choice has got to be made. What's got your heart? Jesus then says, not only do I want you to treasure eternal, what is eternal, but I want you to focus on my vision that I have for you. I want you to see things the way I see things. See, God's vision leads to godly living. If you see things in the way that he sees things, then it will affect the way that you live. And so what happens here is uh, God's vision that his followers, that you and I, that we would spend our lives storing up treasures in heaven rather than on earth, if you believe that and if you take that today, then it affects the whole rest of your life and the way you live it the way you handle money, the way you address things, the way you grip hold of things, pursue things. It affects your whole life. If you have God's vision, a good vision, your whole life will be good. It will be devoted to to good things, eternal things. Your actions, your planning, your ambitions will be good Look how Jesus explains this in this example. He says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye is the lamp of the body. Now, not literally, of course. It's not like our eyes are windows and light just comes through and you know if you you know there's not it's not like that but the metaphor is true isn't it that our eyes help us see and help direct us where we go so we don't run into things and they help us do activities and you know without sight we wouldn't know how to run or jump or you know do all those kind of things without bumping into things so our eyes help us see you know, it's not completely true. Obviously, the blind are incredibly adept at adapting and using um, and, and functioning extremely well without sight. But the metaphor still stands, that the eye enlightens the rest of the parts of our bodies, like our feet and the hands, to help them do things that we can see and it affects the way we actually live. Our eyes help our body to act with the knowledge of what's ahead. You know, often in the Bible, the eye and the heart have a similar meaning. In other words, to set our hearts on something or to fix our eyes on something often mean exactly the same thing. They're synonymous. 
So just as our eye affects our whole body, so our ambitions, where we set our eyes, where we set our hearts, uh, uh, affects our whole life. So if we can see clearly, we, we live a good life. We don't run into things and bump things. If our ambition is good and set on right things, then our whole life is good. You with me in that? Kind of. So again, just as blindness, blindness leads to darkness, so materialisticness, self-centred ambition, storing up treasures on earth leads to a life of lostness, of meaningless pursuit. It makes uh, our lives intolerant, inhuman, ruthless. It deprives uh, our life of ultimate significance because we're trying just to do temporal things, whereas if our eyes are fixed on God's plan, our eyes are good. If we're looking for eternal things, then the whole of our life is good and we feel incredibly significant about our lives and about meaning and purpose in our lives and the pursuit of what we're giving ourselves to. Treasure, what is eternal? Focus on God's vision. Vision of eternal treasures. And finally, Jesus says, give yourself completely to God as your master. Make a choice. Give yourself completely to him as your master. Jesus finishes this section by saying, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus is saying you must choose between money, material possessions, and following God. If you allow money and material things to get hold of you, you will end up hating God. That's how serious it is. Some people think, oh, come on. This is a, you can actually do both. You, know, you can serve God and money. But people that say that have never really understood what Jesus is using here in terms of the language of two masters. You know, a slave and a master. A master had total control of the slave. A slave's totally at the mercy of the master. They have to do exactly what they ask. They cannot sometimes choose to obey and at other times choose not to obey. You know, just when they feel like it. It just doesn't... They just don't have the choice to do that. Many people have made money their master. They've bought into Travis's dream. They've purchased homes that were at the maximum of their ability to repay. And now they've found that interest rates have increased and there's no margin. And now there's stress, there's worry, there's anxiety, and there is the unthinkable prospect of having to sell and move to something small. And this is destroying people's lives. Why? Because they made a choice. 
you working late, longer hours, thinking that just a little bit more will be better, will be all right. You who uh, have started to neglect family relationships, other relationships, have stopped giving to God's kingdom because all that you're earning is got to store up for things that are so important here on earth. And before long, you realise you've exhausted yourself, wrecked the relationships around you. Can you see the slavery of making money your God? It's never enough. There's always more that's needed. There's always more that's needed. God says, I made you. I know you. I know how you're supposed to live. I know what will truly satisfy your inner longings. That's why I sent Jesus. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. To have life in all its abundance. To live the way you were meant to live your life. You can live for him. You can live for him and helping others. Instead of building bigger barns that can burn down, you can build for eternity. You know, when the barns are burnt down, there's nothing left. When you die with Christ as your master, you go to be with him forever for eternity, with a richness of life that is overwhelming. Just like that day when I stood with one foot on the shore and one foot on the boat, Jesus asked you to choose today because they're going to take you on vast different roads. One will be your master, God or money. I trust my life with God. Every day, if I were you. Joshua knew the seriousness about it. He said to the children of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He knew that serving God was the only way for him and for his family. Jesus said that anyone who would come after him must deny themselves, not just take Jesus on as another option, you know, as well as the money thing and the kind of other interests that you have in your life. But, but Jesus said, whoever comes after you must deny themselves, die to themselves, put Jesus first before all else, make him your master and your Lord and surrender to him. Take up your cross, Jesus says, and follow him. There's no middle ground. There is none. It's total surrender. Following Jesus is a call to die to yourself daily, to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Paul says, I died daily. I've never met a passionate follower of Christ who doesn't die daily to things that would have a grip on their heart. Jesus says, don't love earthly treasure. 
love me with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. In other words, Jesus says, say to me, you can have it all. Take it all. I hold nothing back. Do you know, on Thursday, one o'clock with the Perini family, we gathered around just moments before she died. And you know what? She didn't have time on Wednesday morning to make a choice. It was so quick, the headache came and she, she wasn't able to make decisions about who would be her saviour after that point. But just before she left her earthly body, we gathered around. And Ray affirmed and we talked together that she had put her trust in Jesus Christ. She'd made the choice. And though it was painful, though it was hard to say goodbye because of the love that the family have for her, that we have for her, there's a deep knowing that this is not all that there is. Eternity is just a breath away. It could be any time. It could be any time that you find it's time to go to be with Jesus, to face him face to face. Have you made a decision? Don't be caught standing on the fence when it's too late to make that decision. Today's the day. You know, last, last week, during our service, it was Mavis's last service with us here, but there was also someone here last week that said, if I died today, they ticked the blue card, and said, if I died today, I'm not sure whether I'd be in heaven. I, you know, I'm not sure. I'd like to settle that issue. And on Thursday night, I sat down with a young man and together we talked about it. And he made the decision to put his trust in Jesus. The best decision he could ever make. And now, no matter what happens, he's been investing in this earth on treasures in heaven and he'll reap the rewards. Have you done that? If you haven't, I just want to say today is the day to do it. All he did was tick a blue card and I talked with him and we gathered together and we talked about it. You could call me up during the week. You could talk to someone who you know loves Jesus. But don't spend another day without putting your trust in him. Jesus calls us to make a decision. Treasures on earth, treasures in heaven. Don't waste another moment. Could be right now that you want to make that decision and you want to do that right at this very moment. I'm going to give you a chance just to do that now. We, we don't often do this, but I think sometimes the passage just leads us so much to make a decision now. 
and not to delay it. So I'm just going to pray. And during the prayer, uh, if you would just like to make a a decision this morning to follow Christ, I'm just going to ask you right where you are just to put your hand up and to say that while all our eyes are, are closed and heads bowed. And then I'll just pray. And I'll pray for you that the decision that you make now, uh, that as you make that, Jesus would become your Lord and Saviour, that he would forgive you of all the things that you have done in the past, that you would go to be with him when you die because of your trust in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to do that this morning, why don't you do that as we pray? Let's, let's pray together, shall we? God, this morning we sense that you're talking to us. You're helping us to know what's important in life. God, it's just completely different from what we thought. We thought it was all about earning and and living in a way that would just satisfy our own needs. But Jesus, you've been speaking us today about what's most important. And this morning there are people that just want to give their hearts to you this morning, Lord Jesus. And if that's you that just want to make that decision today while eyes are closed, would you just raise your hand just right where you are? Just put it straight up and just straight down. Great. Thank you. This morning just saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Master. If that's you, just hands straight up and down, right here, right now. Great, thank you. Great, thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Well, while we're praying, for those that have raised your hands and others that are just praying with you, we just want to ask Jesus now, to forgive you. Lord Jesus, we pray for those who have raised their hands this morning. We just ask, Lord, that you would forgive them of their sin and that right now as they look to you as their Lord and Saviour, that you would fill them, that you would assure them that your death is enough. Now, God, we just ask that you would hear this prayer. And if that's one of you, just in your own hearts now, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive my sin and give me eternal life. I ask you to be my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just now in these moments, right now that we have remaining, if you just take the blue card out, that would be great.